if you're basing your whole business model on beer only, you're going to be in trouble. You know, you've really got to have a, a reason for people to want to drink your brand, for them to connect to what they're drinking. It's not just about the beer. It's about, you know, the lifestyle and the um, memories that people make. Welcome back to another episode of the Women in Beer Show. I'm your host, Alicia Haskew, and on today's episode, I get to crack open a beer with Angela Burroughs from Proof Brewing Company here in Tallahassee, Florida. I am super stoked to share this episode with you guys, as Proof was the very first craft brewery I have ever set foot in. So I hope you listen and enjoy. Make sure you leave a review, follow me on social, and if you want to be on the show, send me an email at womeninbeershow at gmail.com. I'm going to let you get right to it. Crack open a beer, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Cheers. I'm Angela Burroughs. I am co-founder of Proof Brewing Company in Tallahassee, Florida. I'm currently drinking our halfway full, halfway there, which is a crushable pale ale um, made. It's a made with a purpose. We worked with the Department of Emergency Management and created a beer that is based on the awareness of being prepared for hurricanes, really bad weather. Um, you know, we've had some challenging situations with weather in Florida very recently. And, uh, you know, Tallahassee seems to, you know, knock on desk. We've, we've been really lucky in a lot of situations, but, um, you know, we all need to be prepared. And the, the purpose behind this beer is basically to a, a creative way for the department of emergency management to get the message out that everybody needs to be, you know, have a tank that's halfway full and you need to be, um, ready to get halfway to the emergency space or halfway out and always have, hurricane preparedness, you know, food, an emergency kit, battery, but there's a um, QR code on every can that will take you to emergency locations and give you some information that uh, all the information that the Department of Emergency Management wants you to know. So it's a really cool product and it's delicious. <laughs> That's awesome. And I know that is, uh, well, obviously it's really relevant as we go into hurricane season, um, but you guys have done tons of collapse with, um, I mean, even like through COVID and all of that, you guys have done lots of collapse for things of that nature. You know, I, I think that that, that is just such a, an important part of, you know, the, why we do what we do is having a, a purpose behind pretty much every product. I mean, I'm not saying that every beer that we brew is, you know, brewed with the, you know, a, a very deep purpose like this one, but, um, you know, collaborations and being part of the community and, and being involved in, um, ways that we can really assist the, um, the, the arts and, and the health of the community, um, bringing culture, you know, into, uh, our tasting room with, with bands and and shows and comedy and all those fun things. I mean, the, the beer is just a, a small part of what we're really trying to do. I mean, I think that, you know, if, if it's, if you're basing your whole business model on beer only, you're going to be in trouble. You know, you've really got to have a, a reason for people to want to drink your brand for them to connect to what they're drinking. It's not just about the beer. It's about, you know, the lifestyle and the um, memories that people make. That's been a huge part of 
what the the foundation of this company has always been based on, you know, so much more than the product itself. It's the the vision obviously is legacy. I mean, we want this thing to be around a hundred years from now. I, I really do. The the long-term vision for Proof Brewing Co. is to be uh integrated with when you think of Tallahassee, it's synonymous, proof brewing company. Um that's that's huge for us. I mean this it's been the community that's gotten us to this point and it's the community that's gonna really take us into the future. Um because it's you know we're seeing some challenging times as far as um, what's happening outside of about 150 miles from where we are. I mean, it's, it's, you know, much more challenging, I think, for brand, for brands to expand into new territory. And, um, there's a, a lot of, um, the, the local growth is hugely important and, and we want to see Tallahassee continue to grow. And, um, you know, if that happens, I feel like a, a natural process for proof is to also continue to thrive and grow. So it's pretty important. Yeah. Well, you know, you guys do a lot with the community and you you have fostered such a great communal environment at um, your location now. But that's not to say that your beer also isn't amazing. And Thank you. I haven't had a proof beer that I was like, mm, this is not so great. Um, <laughs> That's I have, but I don't need to, you? you know, I, just, it just palate based on palate alone, not yeah. quality. I haven't tried them all, but the ones that I have right. tried everyone, I'm like, this is so good. And thank you so much. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of one where I was like, you know, I'm not a huge, um, like a, like a hefty Belgian. I can, you know, I mean, we can, go down a rabbit hole there, but I, you know, I definitely, I'm an old school IPAs all the way. I mean, and, you know, which is fantastic because IPAs and uh, main, like wits, IPAs and wits are actually, you know, seeing growth right now. Apparently there's um, some growth in like domestic loggers as well. That's seeing a, you know, I think people have been, craft industry has been working really hard on, you know, lager and, and, and pills and all that. Um, so that's nice to see growth there, but real growth has actually happened with, you know, IPAs, hazies and wits. So um, it's great to know that my old school tastes have, uh, are having a nice resurgence because it's really hard for me to order anything else other than an IPA when I go someplace. Same. I I am an IPA lover at heart, even though um, that uh, Flamingo party, of course, is like a huge hit as well. I'm so glad that you love it. And actually, you know, it, that, that brand itself has, has had a, a, a pretty interesting twists and turns as far as its inception to what's happening now. Um, it was a brand that we expected to be uh, uh, year round. And and what has happened is there's been some contraction in the market as far as uh, off premise and so we were, you know, at, at a weekly meeting and we've, this has come up a couple of times where we're like, you know what, it's a delicious product. It's a great product. So I think we're just going to make it a seasonal, but what has been really interesting is at uh, the proof at FSU location, we've seen an incredible resurgence. I mean, th- it is just spiked like that clientele absolutely loves lingo. It's a, it, it's the, number one selling beer at really at FSU. Yeah, it's incredible. So um, really fun to see, you know, what the, having, uh, I think, a finger on the pulse of the very next, the earliest, you know, 
uh, next generation of drinkers has just been a lot of fun. It's been an incredible um, opportunity to, you know, really understand uh, what their likes are, what their interests are. You know, we have a, a surprisingly, we actually sell a decent amount of mocktails. Um, you know, we've got, and, and again, it's, it's what we found in the beginning was there was a little bit of nervousness as far as people thinking it was 21 and up. Um, we're, you know, it's all ages because we serve food, it's a restaurant, but I, the way we had it laid out, it was a little bit, um, intimidating, I think for people to, that were under 21 to really understand the concept. So we changed it. We we made it a little bit more open and viable for everybody to come in. And, um, so I'm, you know, I, that's the one thing I actually haven't completely figured out, but we do sell a ton of mocktails. If it's the 21 year olds that are ordering the mocktails or the 19 year olds, but you know, it's a really great, uh, I think doorway for the underagers to realize that there's a lot of fun and a lot of opportunity and a lot of flavors that, you know, aren't just soda. Yeah. So. Yeah. That aren't just a Bud Light or Miller Light. Yes. That as well. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm going to age myself, but the first time I stepped into proof, you guys were on Tennessee street. (laughs) I absolutely love that. I love that so much. You guys introduced me to craft beer. It was downstairs. I didn't even know there was a downstairs. We went down there and there was this whole like array of craft beers. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) That's so great. I mean, Alicia, I can't, express to you how much that means to me there's, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm really digging deep and thinking, you know, on, on my hardest day, like on, you know, like your, your kid's sick, your team's calling out and you're like, why am I doing this? You saying that right there is the exact reason why I, you know, still have just an incredible amount of passion for this industry is because that introduction to craft beer is something that, is such a gift. I mean, it's genuinely a gift to be um, the the brand that, you know, was the first one that you were like, wow, this is a, a real introduction to uh, a whole new genre of, of drinking and products and quality. And um, so that's just a, a, you know, it really, really matters to me. So I'm, I thank you for sharing that. And uh, um, it's amazing when I, you know, hear the stories of our, our guests that are like, you know, we had our first date at Tennessee street. And now they're having their wedding reception at 1320. You know, there's very few experiences I think in life where your job can connect with humans in that way. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, the iPhone doesn't connect with humans in that way, but, you know, if you really think about it, that social connection, that experience that is so important to us all, it's, it's the, it's the glue, really the glue of humanity are the, the memories that we make and the experiences that we have and the, those moments with each other that, you know, help us grow as humans. And, you know, we get to be a part of, of so many people and like touching so many people's lives like that, you know, or or people are having their, you know, for their kid's first birthday here and they met at, you know, Tennessee street or have grown with us 
through each location from Tennessee Street to Railroad Square to, you know, 1320. Um, hopefully we can have people that got married or had their wedding reception here can, you know, have their kids go to FSU <laughs> and have their first drink there. So full circle. <laughs> yeah, full circle, really. But, you know, it, it is um, it's it's just an incredible feeling to to know that we create a product and create an environment where, um, you know, people can really have fantastic memories for life um, that they can tell stories and, and, you know, let their kids know about all the good times that they had during this moment of their you know lives and whether they move away or not, what they take away from Tallahassee, you know, might be all their college experience or, you know, everything else, but we could be a part of that as well. And, it's just, um, it's a pretty special thing. Yeah, it is amazing. And you guys have grown so much from that little place on Tennessee street, but let's talk about, let's talk about that time in your life, the, the, how you got started. So we originally, uh, Byron and I are both Byron husband, co-owner, um, are both from Atlanta and, uh, we met in Atlanta and we had an opportunity to, develop a piece of property in Tallahassee. Um, We have two silent partners. One of them, uh, his daughter went to FSU. He owned a piece of property here. We came down and it was actually on Gain Street. So this is a, um, was, uh, uh, it was the, or it was what it is now. (laughs) No way, way. way. And and there's a, you know, that's an hour's worth of conversation right there just to, <laughs> to chat about that. So I won't go down that path, but um, what ended up happening is we, we realized that because of what was happening with the permitting and how everything was taking so long, we were able to flip that property into the property on Tennessee street. And, you know, Byron and I coming from this opinion that, uh, if we build a, a, a beautiful boutique liquor store, you know, people will just get it and, and they'll understand that, you know, this is a really cool place to shop and we're on the college side of town and people are totally getting, going to get it. And, um, if you want to talk about, you know, being able to pivot and recognizing that, you know, failure is always part of the process of success. Well, this is one of those moments because, I mean, you know, I put in like art installations and like did really cool things in the very beginning in that boutique liquor store and recognized within about, you know, 18 months it was people were really focused on price point and nobody really gave a shit about what the price point was unless it was inexpensive. That's what they were you know, interested in. That's what they were working with. We had a, you know, an incredible boutique. Um, we had, you know, very eclectic liquors and and craft beer and all of that. And that was selling. I'm not saying it was just a complete and total bust, but I, the concept, the concept behind what our original idea was, was just not in, you know, um, a congruent situation with the reality for Tallahassee and and the college side of town, especially, you know, maybe if we had opened up on the Northeast side of town, it would have been, uh, you know, a little bit more functional. But what ended up happening is that, you know, Byron was, um, uh, and and don't get me wrong, we were actually selling a ton of craft beer at that time. It was, like I said, it wasn't a total bust. But what we did realize is that, you know, we could not have met our bottom line for the long haul. Like we wouldn't still be there right now if we hadn't evolved into something else. And, you know, 
Byron is, uh, I give him a, a ton of credit for being able to, you know, really understand and navigate and uh, um, work with the laws that we are, you know, constricted by or uh, able to, you know, evolve with. So he was like, you know, we can just put up a wall and start uh, a, a brew pub. And so at that point, that was when Byron and I really, and, you know, we actually originally started in like 2007. So um, a couple of years in, we were, so we put up the wall, we built out the proof, a modern American pub is what it was originally called. <laughs> and we, you know, we had a, I want to say, oh God, how many taps do we have? I want to say it was, um, I think we had 24 taps, right? So we had 24 taps and they were all focused on, you know, craft, uh, um, hard to get. And we started building really focusing on building brands for craft. And what we wanted to do was build Florida brands. We really wanted to know, you know, distributors didn't come up here at that time. So if it was a, a, a craft beer distributor, they didn't drop off here. We had to go and get. So um, we spent a ton of time uh, driving all over the state, getting, you know, picking up product to bring into town and basically be the only uh, opportunity to, have that product or taste that product. And, um, you know, we were very into beer knowledge and also being able to, I felt like the best, the best way to turn somebody onto craft was to give them a taste and also be open to explaining and, and teaching and, and, and giving, you know, offering free education. We were never about exclusivity. I can I swear to God, I cannot stand that when I walk into a bar and I, you know, I don't know something and somebody makes me feel like, you know, I'm less than because I don't have the knowledge before I sit down on the bar stool. It, it just blows my mind that people don't take that as, you know, truly the exact opposite. The, this is the opportunity. Here's an opportunity to, to share how wonderful, um, you know, product knowledge can be. And, and, you know, it's, it's just not about snobbery. I can't stand snobbery. And I really hope that that never happens at, at our bar. I mean, you know, it's definitely something that we preach. Um, we've always preached it, but I, you know, would really hate to hear that anybody is not treated with absolute respect when, you know, if you have a beer a question or, you know, there was a point in time where I think craft was becoming so popular. People were um, really wanting to educate themselves. Like they would come in and they'd test our bartenders, you know, they would know the <laughs> answer to the question that they had, um, but wanted to see how much our, our bartenders know. And, um, you know, we get a lot of uh, young people that have never really had an education in beer. And I am absolutely you know, willing to bring them under our wing, nurture them, educate them. And I've always, you know, I've said very clearly, if you do not, if you are not 110% clear about the answer, say you are just learning yourself, do not try to answer a question you do not know, because, um, you know, giving an explanation that you think is good because you want to seem like, you know, versus actually knowing a product, um, in my mind could really, you know, turn a client off versus, um, if you're just like, Hey, I'm brand new at this, I'm learning too. you know, let me ask somebody else or let me Google that real quick. Cause I don't know, but, um, yeah. you know, just being really, uh, open to teaching someone and, uh, 
educating yourself, educating the the team. No, just just making sure that everybody feels comfortable if they want to come in and ask questions. And I, you know, it's it's interesting because along with the maturation of the industry itself, I think those things don't happen quite as often. You know, we have a full bar. We're, you know, we serve RTDs. We serve, um, there was a point at which we were doing a seltzer and, um, you know, talk about pushback from the team, <laughs> you know, I, that, which I think the team has also evolved, you know, I mean, we, we've gotten to a point where um, as client tastes evolve, we also have to be open to, you know, we're always beer at, you know, our, our heart and soul is beer. But if you have a huge swath of the population that wants something that is, you know, sweeter that we can't create with beer, or, you know, they are, they don't want the calories or they're, you know, very into um, something that is uh, something that is just alcohol or wine or whatever, you know, you really have to be open to their tastes as well. They're what's driving everything forward. So we try to do that. We definitely try to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, with that, you guys have had plenty of iterations and trials of different flavors and different profiles. Um, Which one is your ultimate favorite? So my all-time favorite, I mean, favorite of like, I can still taste this beer was a beer called uh Sundrop is what it was called and it was a it was a fresh hop beer where we sent our head brewer to the west coast he handpicked these uh hops and they were literally freeze dried 24 hours in our in our tanks and it was a beer like i had never tasted before it was you could literally taste how fresh the hops were in the product and uh, uh sundrop is hands down my favorite beer we've never been able to make it again i'm so <laughs> sad that it was a one-off but um that is definitely my my favorite beer that we have ever made all mm-hmm. time and then second favorite would have to be our la la land our oh, west coast IPA. I do so, love the la la land um, that's my tried and true that's the you know the go-to forever so yeah yeah, it is, it is definitely. What, no, what about favorite. you? Have you, do you have a, a, a favorite proof? Um, Flamingo party, garden flower party. Gar- garden, garden party. party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually our seasonal right now. So, so that's great. We've, you know, talking about uh, the fact that there's been a resurgence and, you know, haze or haze, not a resurgence, but I mean, hazies are still holding strong as far mm-hmm. as, um, you know, the, the data that is, is th- there's growth in that, uh, segment. So, so that's great to know that, you know, garden party is one of your favorites. Yacht party's next. That's a, we should be having a a really great uh, party in the tasting room. I think on, oh gosh, April 12th. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure (laughs) April 15th. It's April 15th. 15th. I know it's April 15th, Um, but we've got a a band that plays yacht rock. And and so it should be a a fun day. If you're headed to the uh, chain of parks, pop in and grab a yacht party and then pop over to chain of parks. We always want to support the arts. All right. I'm writing that down <laughs> just for my own personal, you guys, if you're listening, make sure you stop in, um, tasting room that's on South Monroe. Yeah. 1320 South Monroe. That is where we're going to be hosting the, uh, yacht party. And you guys Feel also have in your cruise wear. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like boats and hoes. Just play that over <laughs> and over. <laughs> that's what I think totally. of when I hear a yacht party. <laughs> totally. Yes. Oh my God. Prestige uh, worldwide. I'm all that's over. That's right. It. Yes. Um, but you guys had a place before your Somo um location that was in Railroad Square. That was kind yeah. of the big like brewery brewing 
venture. Is that where you guys started brewing your own was in that location? We originally started brewing in the basement of Tennessee Street, that underground bar that you went into. Um, when you saw those cra- those taps, um, we I, I think we, it was a three barrel system, which we actually still brew on. We brew all of our, you know, a lot of our specialty small batch stuff on that same system. It's been great for us for, you know, over a decade. Um, but we actually did start brewing in Tennessee Street. And then I think we maxed out around like 500 barrels in uh, just a couple of years and realized that we needed to, you know, grow as far as just the capacity to keep going. Um, but on that note, you know, we, Byron and I, full transparency, we were never brewers. Mm-hmm. We loved craft beer. We, you know, Sweetwater was just starting to uh, make its mark in Atlanta. I would go to like a, a field day, you know, with friends and, and Sweetwater was sponsoring it. So, I mean, it was just this really cool lifestyle moment with craft in Atlanta. And, and, you know, that was part of the reason that we really saw around the corner down here. I mean, it was just, you know, a bit of a, it was a, a, a Budweiser desert. That's all that it was. So that yeah. was, you know, we, we saw the opportunity, um, which was great, but we, realized that, you know, I didn't want to brew. I wasn't, it's not my specialty. And this is one of those moments where it's like, you know what you don't know, but we did want to, because we, it, the, the brand being so, you know, we wanted it to be part of Tallahassee so much that we were like, we actually, you know, we've got to hire a brewer that is, that lives in Tallahassee, that's from here. And um, we had this cat that used to come in, you know, all the time to the tasting room and he'd bring us his home brews. And, you know, they were really great. I And 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 so we had a, Byron and I talked quite a bit, you know, do we give this guy a shot? What's the, you know, what, what do we really think about it? And again, not thinking on a, a scale, like, you know, really understanding what we didn't know. I didn't want our product to taste like homebrew and you can't get on a commercial system and expect that what you take, what you make in your kitchen is going to taste the same. It's a, right. you know, the, the, the foundation is the same. The basics of making brewer the same beer, are the same, but it's completely different once you start to scale. So we actually mm-hmm. hired uh, Jeremy Pate out of uh, Alabama, Dothan, Alabama to be our commercial consultant. He was our, uh, he came down, we, you know, paid him to consult with Larry and the original brewer. And, you know, he taught him a ton. His, he's, uh, he's folklore in, in Dothan, Alabama. And please, if you guys are ever in Alabama and you have a chance to go to his brewery, he's an amazing human. And I highly recommend, you know, just popping in to say hi, cause you know, he's, uh, he's worked really hard to, to get to where he is. And he's just, like I said, he's a great guy, but he came in and, um, worked with our brewer and taught him how to use the system. And then when we scaled up to, you know, the process really, really, really taught him the process and, and, and the key to success on a commercial system. So, um, then we, you know, we outgrew the capacity downstairs in Tennessee street. We felt like, you know, railroad square was this really great, um, opportunity to, uh, grow, but also be in an area that was developing, you know, it was, it was not, uh, we, I think it was the, the BA arts building for FSU at one point, it was just, you know, really like, it was just a raunchy warehouse. There were like, you know, cigarette butts and like doll heads and like very bizarre things. And we first moved in there and it was just a, a, you know, a, a mess. Um, but we were able to utilize that space and, and that was in 2014, 
but we were able to use, utilize that space, you know, by the 20 barrel system that we have um, and uh, um, grow from there. You know, and, and honestly, that was a really great community space. There was a, a real opportunity for us to ingrain ourselves in the community a little in a little bit different way than we were able to do on Tennessee Street because there were there are very fine lines in in Tallahassee where people from the north side won't cross over to <laughs> yeah. the college side of town. You know, it's just not it, they don't desire to do that. And um, you know, we had a different opportunity at railroad square to say, Hey, you know, this is a little bit more comfortable for, you know, families to come and, and the community at large to be uh, going to this space. And it wasn't, you know, that, Oh, I'm not going down to Tennessee street because that's the college side of town. So it really gave us the opportunity to open up to a whole new demographic for what we were trying to do. Um, and that was actually where we realized how important, um, being a family space, being family friendly was, you know, coming from, oh my God, I have a, a story about Tennessee Street <laughs> where somebody actually brought their kids in. And, you know, I mean, this is before I had children and, but I was like, you know, this is, like, this is closer to a nightclub than it is a bar. You should not have your children here. You know, this is not okay. And the evolution from that to creating this green space and, you know, ending up having like family fun days, which I would like to bring back. And, you know, that's, that's in the process, but, um, you know, we'd bring in like giant, uh, slides like bouncy houses and face painters and, you know, everything was free. So it was really about building community for, um, and a safe space for people to come and like hang out with their kids and, and build some, you know, brand recognition and at the same time you know having memories like creating memories with your kids and you obviously were not required to drink anything um yeah. but that was just a you know a fun bonus if you did <laughs> yeah you got the north side to come down you, you convinced yes, them yeah. <laughs> just uh just a challenging thing to do so. it is i know i live up here and i'm right. like i will only go down there for a few reasons. Well, and, you know, actually, as the craft scene has grown in Tallahassee, the fact that there are breweries on the north side now is fantastic for that side of town. I mean, I, I, I think mm -hmm. that's, you know, a brilliant move on, uh, you know, like where Deep is. They've got a clientele that is just, you know, dog loyal because they are in proximity to their homes. And that is just such a fantastic opportunity. You know, I, same thing for Ology. I, I know their Northeast side of town is doing well. So um, I think being able to have access and, you know, not happening to drive all the way down, obviously, you know, if we're having a fantastic occasion, we'd love to have everybody, but I really do think that, you know, for craft as a whole, it's a, it's a pretty important thing to have access that is not, you know, you don't, if you're going to have a couple beers, I obviously don't, you know, encourage drinking and driving, but you, you, you could take your bike to deep if you live mm -hmm. around that area, you know? Um, so it's a, um, it's a, a great thing that we have, you know, some really quality breweries on yeah. that side of town. Yeah. They are, they're popping up, but you guys were kind of the OG of, of craft beer in Tallahassee. But let's talk about, um, I had an interview with Tony Derby and oh, uh, yes. Florida Avenue and the ladies over there. They're amazing, but um, amazing, amazing. she mentioned you and um, just, 
women in beer can just kind of call on other, you know, like I know this, you know, this brewer is going to help me out. It's not really like women to women specifically, but there's just that connection um, made. And it seems like you are really like in tune with, with the craft beer scene locally, but also outside of Tallahassee. So I just have to give her such incredible props. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm where I am because, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants. She is uh, an absolute groundbreaker in this industry. She was, you know, running the show and and and, and commanding such uh, um, a fantastic crew that I, I just I mean, I really I, you know, have mad love and give her total respect. And, you know, Anthony is uh, pretty incredible. And, you know, we're great friends with him as well. So, um, you know, yeah, Avenue Brewing all the way. Yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. So women supporting other women though, um, and, and kind of going into that and talking about kind of, um, you know, mentoring and, and kind of helping lift that up and, and having more women kind of break that barrier. You know, Alicia, I, I have thought quite a bit about who I think that you, if you do not have her on your roster, you absolutely need, uh, Brooke Malone. Brooke Malone of Walking Tree. She is out of Vero Beach. Um, She is the first female president of the Florida Brewers Guild, and she is kicking ass. I mean, I I am so impressed with her as far as a president goes. It's just she's she's an amazing human. So please reach out to her and um, shout out to her. And I think that, you know, I've heard her in some of the Byron's on the board and I've heard her in some of the the meetings and um, you know, I had a Byron and I talked quite a bit and uh, we, we, you know, to obviously it's what we do, but we, you know, we chat about the industry, you know, he was like, you know, I really believe in Brooke. I mean, this is Brooke is, is bringing something to the table that we haven't seen on the board. And, you know, we, we talked to her about becoming president because I was like, you know, you, um, you have the drive, you have the knowledge, you have the passion and, um, and she has the skill set. you know, I mean, what it takes to organize and implement and then follow through. She has everything. She like the cohesive plan that she, um, I think has come up with, she's going to get shit done. I mean, there's no, no doubt about it. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really impressed with her. And I just think she's a fantastic human. And I definitely think that you should uh, put her on your (laughs) roster to talk to Awesome. I wrote it down. I will definitely reach out as soon as we get off. (laughs) Let's talk about your community involvement just kind of throughout the years, because you guys have done a lot of fundraisers, a lot of beer collabs, things like that. Yeah. Um, So uh, community is key. And I think staying relevant in um, our sharing and donations and support and doing you know, really whatever we can do as far as uh, helping the, the the community we are open to doing. Um, we've always been really focused on families. I think, you know, children, I, I love supporting animals. We also support animals, but I don't think enough attention is paid to children in need and, um, you know, food insecurity. And so we've been uh, 
really big supporters of the Second Harvest of the Big Bend, um, Hang Tough Foundation. We've done quite a bit of work with them. Um, and then obviously, if we don't respect Mother Nature, there is nothing left for all of us to, you know, uh, work with in the end. And if we're talking legacy, that's the ultimate goal is, you know, leaving something better behind. I want, you know, the the 10th generation of all of our children to have fresh air, clean water, you know, able to get food. Um, we supported the, the Apalachicola River Keepers. Um, we work with, we were the first uh, brewery in Florida to bring on Earthly Lab CC, which is a, a, a system that recaptures CO2. Um, we donate all of our grain to a local farmer, which I think is fairly typical and um it's, by the way it's a female owned farmer <laughs> um she kicks ass but uh, um you know i think that's a fairly typical thing to do in in brewing um recapturing your co2 is not but you know the donation of grain to local farmers i think that's something that uh a lot of breweries do and if you're not doing it i absolutely encourage you to do it there's no reason that any of that should go to waste um but yeah, I mean, I think that if we're not, you know, able to breathe clean air and drink clean water and, you know, think about that, like I said, 10 generations down the line, it's not just about me. It's about, you know, where did I come from? What, uh, where did all of us come from? I mean, you know, the, the history that brought us to this point, how can we evolve and, and, and change and, um, you know, do better for those who are coming, you know, after us and, and we're really nothing without the community. So if it's not a healthy community, then, you know, it's, it's going to be a real challenge to survive the long term. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys have kind of been the, uh, trailblazers for that initiative really. And, 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 and emergence, you know, talking about going right back to the beginning of our conversation with emergency services, but during COVID you guys kind of, led the charge on hand sanitizer. Yeah, that was a, that was a huge one for us. I mean, I I'll be, I'll be really frank. There were some, you know, financial decisions that we made during that time that um, <clears throat> didn't actually pan out for us in the long run. We have, you know, uh, thousands of plastic bottles that are just sitting, you know, collecting dust and in inventory. So if anybody needs, uh, I think they're <laughs> called F15 bottles or, you know, gallon bottles or any lotion bottles, any of those things, we have them, call me. Um, <laughs> but the the point was in, in that moment in time is that it wasn't at all about money. It was not at all about money. It was about, you know, if we could create uh, hand sanitizer, which was in, you know, you remember in total shortage, yeah. if we could take this equipment, do some good, um, get it to teachers, get it to kids, get it to, you know, the the local community that was in desperate need, um, we were li literally willing to do whatever we could could do to, to help. I mean, that was um, just a, a, a horrible, crazy time for all of us. And knowing that when I went to sleep at night, there was some hope, just a little bit of hope, just a, a an ounce of, you know, we're not generating, uh, you know, revenue, we're generating hope that that was ultimately what, you know, kept me going for quite a few months there. Just the, the fact that, you know, every time we were able to donate some hand sanitizer, um, the thought that, you know, maybe these clean hands can keep somebody from a hospital bed. You know, it, it was a, it was a, a real, um, 
there was a lot that went on for me during that time. Uh, you know, a lot I, I, I being forced to shut down was probably the, the best thing for me that I didn't know that I needed. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the stress levels were through the roof. There was no question about it. You know, as far as health of myself, my family, my team, um, nobody knew what was going on. Um, but what ended up happening was I didn't realize how burnt out I was. You know, I mean, I was, I live, breathe, eat, sleep. You know, th that's what proof is to me. I, this is my firstborn child. I don't love anything more than I love this company. Um, outside of my own daughter. I mean, of course, <laughs> no joke. I, this is, I, I, I love this company so much that, you know, Byron and I had been working seven days a week for so many years, so many years, just dedicating everything that we had to the company. Um, and, and I'm not saying that that was the smartest thing to do. I mean, you know, I gave birth and within 48 hours I was doing payroll. I, you know, remember nursing her in meetings and never took a break. I never took a break. And so what COVID did, and I don't recommend that, by the way, I think that was, uh, you know, I don't recommend that for anyone. My point is, is that I loved this company so much that I was willing to do anything I could do to help grow and thrive and, and um, you know, see it succeed. That was my that was my whole purpose in life was to really give everything I had to this company and, um, you know, worked out for a really long time. And I think what happened during COVID for just for me personally was uh, I was actually forced to stop and forced to think about my life outside of proof. I mean, I was like, well, wait, you know, what if, what if we never open again? You know, what if this company is actually taken away from us and not by my own, you know, errors or mistakes, but I mean, just because this is something that, you know, might be forever. It was such a bizarre, you know, moment for me to actually stop and shift and think about, you know, who am I as a person without this mm -hmm. company? And I had never even considered doing that. I didn't have hobbies. I wasn't, you know, I, I, I had very, as, as social as this industry is, I'm, uh, I was, you know, realized how much of an introvert I actually am, you know, it's, yeah. um, uh, there's always a, a situation where, there was just a, a situation where I'd be social at work. And I, you know, if I had any gas left in the tank, it went to my daughter and that was pretty much it. And that was just, you know, day after day after day. So having that moment in time where, yes, while there was a lot of fear, I also had uh, for the first time the opportunity to sit and really sit with myself. And that was a, it was a, you know, interesting, scary, a lot came up. Uh, I figured out quite a bit. Um, I completely changed my habits. I mean, I, I meditate, do yoga, work out every day. Like that is never something that I did before. But during that time, I, you know, really gave myself, I think for the first time in decades, the amount of love that I needed to receive and, um, recognize that, I did need to change. I mean, there was a lot that needed to change as far as, you know, balancing my life out. And um, so I was able to take, you know, that very dark time in the industry and in the community and evolve into something that I feel like is so much healthier and so much better. And um, I'm happier. And I, I feel like, you know, whatever amount of burnout I felt, my passion for this industry is completely reignited. I mean, I 
love it. I, I can't imagine doing anything else. This is just, you know, it's such a fun industry to be in. Of course, there are challenging times, but I tell you what, there is um, nothing else I'd rather do. Nothing. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. So is that where Joyface came to be? Is that how that yes. was born? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there was, uh, there was a, a moment where, you know, I was, I was, trying to kind of figure it all out. Like, you know, what, what happens in, yeah, I was, I was in a very, I was in a pretty dark headspace. So I, you know, I was looking for alternative ways of, you know, what can I do that's good for my health, good for my mental health. And um, I was listening to a, a random podcast and they started talking about CBD. And so I, you know, brought the idea up to Byron. I was like, you know, maybe I should try CBD, try to get, you know, my system back into homeostasis because I think I'm just all out of whack. And so that just kind of sparked this conversation. And we were like, well, holy shit, we could actually, you know, take this and turn it into a seltzer and sell it ourselves. I mean, that's, it was really the birth of my darkest moment was the, the birth of Joyface Collective, which has been, um, you know, a really fantastic ride for the past couple of years. Um, I do have to say, I'm not sure how, uh, a little bit heartbreaking, but I'm not sure how much longer the company is going to be around because there is a, uh, a, a hemp bill on the table that um, will most likely shut the company down. So I, I'm, yeah, totally heartbroken, but I mean, you know, there uh, it's, it's, I think it's called, uh, it's HB 1465 is the bill. Um, but if you, you know, if you're interested, if anybody's interested, you can, you know, go ahead and, and, read about it yourself, but it basically makes uh, any synthetic version of THC illegal, which is what Delta 8 is. And um, we have a Delta 8 seltzer for, you know, people that still wanted to have a really fun, euphoric experience with no hangover in our non-ALK space. And then the CBD is really about wellness. It's helped me with uh, some insomnia. I mean, I was, I was having wicked insomnia during that time. That was really the whole impetus for researching CBD was to help with my insomnia. Um, but so, you know, I mean, I still drink a few of them a day and I will until we're not allowed to, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so unfortunately I'm not, I don't know what the lifespan of Joyface Collective will be. So, um, yeah. but I have a couple other ideas as far as what we can do with that. If, if it's not producing that product. Yeah. You just don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, what's the point of stopping, right? Right. Just keep going. I can't get bored. <laughs> well, I love it. And I hope all things work out well for that. Um, thank you. That you thank can you. keep going because it just looks like a fun brand. So. It is. It's been a lot of fun to, you know, kind of toy around with a, a whole new space. Yeah. It's like totally and, like not the opposite of proof, but it's just like a, oh. just a totally different vibe. It is. It is. I mean, you know, and again, talk about having, being able to, you know, have a euphoric experience, like, so, uh, you know, the buzz is a little bit different from alcohol, but uh, with Delta eight, but it's um, with the curious seltzers, it's, it's a, it's a different vibe, but you don't have any hangover. It's two calories. I mean, you know what, I, I can't think of a, a anything better than that on like a Tuesday night. You know, if it's yeah. Friday night and you want to have a couple beers and, you know, you can sleep in on Saturday, kick ass. But if it's a Tuesday and you're like, you know, I'd really just like to chill out with a Netflix and laugh a little bit and, you know, have a 
zero calorie, zero, zero hangover opportunity. Well, that's what, you know, curious was all about. So it, def- it fills in the gaps. <laughs> I, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's funny. Um, let's talk about advice for other women who would like to get into the industry. Yeah. You know, with the podcasts that I've listened to, which I have all been fantastic. And I, Alicia, I just think you're, you know, so fantastic for giving us a platform to, to talk about our, you know, own stories and the experience that we've got. Um, but I love this question. I, I, you know, I, I love that you ask everybody what advice would I give or would they give? And all the advice has been very sage and it's been, um, you know, similar to what I've, I've often thought about, you know, if I was, if I was new to the industry or if I was interested in the industry, um, I think it depends on what level of entry you're interested in. You know, if in your, if you're in your twenties, you know, 20 to 30, I think responsibilities actually, you know, your level of responsibility really um, is going to make a huge difference as far as what your level of entry is. Um, if you're in your twenties and thirties, I say, you know, cultivate that fearlessness and go for it. I mean, you know, get a job in the industry, study, get your Cicerone, you know, d- do all the things that are going to, um, help, help you learn and, and taste, taste as much as you can possibly taste and, um, you know, travel with it make sure you, wherever you are traveling, taste your local product, taste the local beers, the, the figure out who you are as, uh, as a drinker, you know, I mean, really take that time to cultivate your tastes, your palates, what you really like about the product, um, what you're really interested in. And then I think if you're, you know, a little bit older and you've got some other responsibilities and um, you're interested in entrepreneurship, uh, I would say if the risk is a little bit different. I, I, you know, if I was getting in this industry now, I would be a hell of a lot more cautious. I mean, I was, you know, I had the only responsibility I had was to myself when I started this company. And um, that made me fearless. I mean, I, you know, people would tell me no, and I'd be like, you're, you're, yeah, you're wrong. I mean, I will prove that I can do this. And we did, but I don't know that I would have that, that, you know, that those kind of balls at this point, I really don't. I'm not sure that, you know, having, you know, responsibilities like I do now, I don't know that that fearlessness would be the smartest (laughs) advice to, you know, say, Hey, just go for it. Mm -hmm. Um, my advice would be take a job in the industry, really wherever front of house, back of house, work in a brewery, because it's not, you know, it's not all bubbles and beer. It's a hell of a lot of work. It is more work and hard work and monotonous work and um, really understand why you want to get into the industry. I think, you know, a purpose that that's just sage advice for anybody in the world. Like, you know, what is your purpose with your career? Why are you doing what you're doing? But um, especially at a time in the industry where, you know, it's, it's contracting, like beer sales are flat. They're not growing. The, the, you know, official boom of this industry is over. We are uh, in a mature industry that is on the other side of growth. And, you know, you really better mitigate your risk before you just jump in without understanding or, you know, having a, a, a pretty deep safety net, um, to catch you if it doesn't work out. Um, I feel like that's a lot of advice, but it's, um, (laughs) you know, uh, uh, about, you know, close to 15 years in the industry. Um, 
I think it's important to really recognize why you're doing what you're doing. If you think it's just fun, it's, it's not enough. You know, if you think beer is a good time, it's not enough to get you through, like I said, those, you know, very challenging dark moments where, um, you know, they happen. It's a, it's a, it's a career. So they happen in any industry, but, um, hospitality, I think, you know, the perception is that it's nothing but a good time. And, you know, people are always wonderful. And, you know, I had to separate my ego really early on because it was, it's shocking sometimes how honest people will be. If they're like, you know, this product is really awful and I don't like it at all. And they don't mind saying that to your face. You have to, you have to really understand, well, that's this person's palate. It's their opinion, but then there, you know, maybe a hundred other people that really love it. So that one, you know, that one opinion can't crush you, but you know, if you don't understand that that's how you have to receive that information, you know, you'll, you'll fold like a lawn chair. So it's a, it's a, a pretty, you know, it's a, it can be a very tough industry, but um, wonderful all at the same time. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it um, <laughs> from everyone I've talked to, they similar vibes, right? Like you got to have yeah. thick skin, you got to work mm-hmm. your way through, you've got to know, you know, you, it's not something you can do it on a whim, but like to your point, just, you can't have the responsibility of your life needs to be lower, um, in order to just dive in. So all valid points. Um, well, and and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, obviously being in a male dominated industry, um, that can also be challenging. So if you're a female that has come from a, you know, uh, a company that you might, you know, might be nurturing or, you know, maybe in a, a completely different environment, um, then, you know, you move into an industry where it, it's totally male dominated and you're not used to working with, you know, personalities that are, you know, pretty much opposite us. I mean, I've, I've always worked around men. I, this isn't a, a, a new situation for me. You've got to be able to hold your own. And, um, you know, th- that's really key, you know, not being afraid to speak up. If you are in a situation where, you know, you've got 10 men in the room and you're the only female, are you going to say something if you feel like something's wrong? Well, you damn well better because that's the only way you're going to make it, you know? Um, and I, obviously you just, uh, you always have the opportunity to create a female owned brewery and then, you know, you can create your own um, team that might be, you know, much more female based. But if you're entering the market, you're most likely going to be working for, uh, you know, uh, in a male dominated brewery. Like we have a, a you know, we, we, we were at one point, we had a, a um, quite a few females on the team and they, you know, ebb and flow. Um, but like I said, our, our head lab tech is female and um, we've had some incredible front of house females. And, um, and I just, I, you know, love working with, with women, but it's, uh, it's, you know, my team right now, my upper management team is all men except me. So yeah, because that's who's, that's who's there. That's who's applying, but we'll work on getting more women in there, you know, as long as you, you know, qualify and you have the application in. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I did want to circle back one more time. So we've got, uh, your tasting room on South Monroe and then uh, that's right. South Monroe tasting yes. room on South Monroe. And then you just opened 
the proof at FSU, the, mm -hmm. FSU the union. Location. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's in, it's actually in the, the bottom floor of the union. Union oh, building to you. And if you want to follow us on uh, Instagram, it's Proof Brewing Co. We have visit Proof Brew Pub. And then it is uh, proof at ATFSU. So P R O O F A T F S U is our Instagram handle for that. So check it out. Yes. Very exciting stuff for you guys. Um, that just opened not too long ago. Looks very January cool. 6th, actually. Yeah. yeah uh, so like a little, like a month and a half ago. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, it's bananas that it's, I mean, January, it's already March, you know, almost April. It's just, it's every day flies by a little faster. I know. So, Someone yeah, told me it's... next week was April and I was like, shut your face. What? Like, I, know. What? I don't know what happened. Um, so what is, I mean, that's obviously very new. I can't imagine you have anything else new coming up after this as it's still in its infancy, but you know, no, what we're, what we're really interested in doing is getting the, you know, pro programming events at the space. Now we're, um, we're really interested in uh, programming more music and comedy. We actually have a, a really kick-ass comedy, uh, a couple guys coming out of New York this Friday. I don't know when this is going to air, so it might, you know, <laughs> it's probably not going to air before Friday. But um, I mean, I imagine there's quite a bit of editing to do. But, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, we've, we're trying to program more comedy and um, more music, more live music and, and uh, really just the future is being the best that we can be, you know, and, and we're not looking to open up any more locations right now. Um, we actually weren't even looking to open up FSU, but we were approached and that was just something that we absolutely could not say no to. I mean, you know, the, the opportunity to work with, um, the university that basically, you know, we were closest to that location yeah. in our first location. And, you know, that was just a, a, a really special, you know, full circle moment for us to be recognized by FSU and um, to become part of that community is, 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 you know, it's just my gratitude is over the moon for that. Um, and again, you know, being able to work with the next generation is so cool. I find that so fascinating what they're, you know, how they involve tech in their lives and, and how they're, you know, drinking habits have changed and they evolve. And I mean, really, really being able to listen to what they have to say, that's what we want to, you know, definitely pay attention to because they're going to eventually grow into family age and, and everything else. But um, having that, uh, that ecosystem, it's like this built-in ecosystem that every year we're going to have new clients and new people turning 21 that they're, you know, tastes are going to change and evolve. And we get to be a part of that. It's just, it's such a tremendous uh, honor and, and, you know, very, very grateful for that. But as far as opening up any more locations, we are in our forever home here at 1320 and um, we are Tallahassee pride. We don't, um, I don't want to open up in, you know, Orlando or South Georgia or anywhere else. I mean, I want people to come to us. I want to give people a reason to come to Tallahassee and from Orlando and from South Georgia. And, and you know, I really want to be the reason that part of the reason. I mean, there's so much more, um, you know, nature and wonderful, you know, bars and restaurants to experience here in Tallahassee. But I want proof to be part of the reason that uh, people do want to travel here, you know a lot of fun stuff. And I, one of the other thing that I would really like to program, I know we, um, 
we've got live music quite a bit on Saturdays. I'm, I'm booking a lot of bands, but you know, that's one of those things where I'm like, when you think about Athens, Georgia, and you think about, I mean, they talk about aging myself, but like REM and um, like Neutral Milk Hotel and, you know, all these really incredible bands that, you know, you could go and just go to somebody's house party and they were there playing. And then, you know, they, they totally blew up. Um, that's what I want to bring to Tallahassee. I mean, I want to help grow the music scene. I'm not saying I'm going to create the music scene. I'm just saying that, you know, I want to help be a part of giving bands the opportunity to grow and explore and, and, you know, figure themselves out along the way. And then hopefully we'll have some other, you know, really fantastic bands that have played for free here at, at a proof brewing company. And then, you know, 10 years down the line, you can be like, saw them there. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be awesome. I can think of a handful of bands like that. We're like, yeah. I just saw them just like at this little, you know, <laughs> this little local brew pub. Totally intimate <laughs> venue, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I I hope that whoever's listening to this takes the time to go to their local brewery and, and support the local beer. Um, it is incredibly important. We are in a, a moment where every pint matters to us. If you're at a restaurant, please order the local product. Please make sure that you are supporting the brands that are local to your community, because that is the best way to make sure that we are all able to survive for the the long haul. And I don't care who it is. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, this isn't about competition. This is literally about, um, you know, if you are at a bar restaurant or in an area where there is a, uh, a brewery, please go and support, give it a shot, try at least one pint and, uh, and you know, you'll be a better person for it. You'll be a better person for it. Right. <laughs> Love it. You'll get your wings. That's right. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Angela. Oh it was such a pleasure to this hang been, out with I you. I mean, really like made my day. Absolutely Aww, made my day. Thank this you so is much. Awesome. I can't wait. Like, well, thanks again. And I will, if I ever see you at Proof, which I probably will. Definitely. Um, but I'm definitely going for that yacht party next weekend, yes. or April 15th in a couple yeah, of weeks. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see you there. Yeah. Make sure you wear your captain's I hat. Wear my little captain's hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you take care and I'll yes. talk to you soon. Thank you so much. It's been a, a real treat. Oh, awesome. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it while drinking a tasty beer, of course. If you did, please be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. And if you're a woman in the beer industry that wants to be on the show, shoot me an email at womeninbeershow at gmail.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram. I am at womeninbeershow. And if you're not shooting me a DM, give me a follow anyways and you can follow along and get some little hints of who is going to be next on my show. Stay tuned for next week when I um, drink another beer and chat with more women in the beer industry. Cheers.